This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hello and welcome to the Love strangers a swindon town fan podcast proudly sponsored by the stfc official supporters club rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside beautiful play that is that what a good shot busy guy aren't you yes yes i am fairly busy well this is a bonus pod for listeners so lucky you but i think at this moment in time in town history and the message from the trust is bringing the fan base together and i'm fully on board with that before we go into why we're recording this pod if you don't mind just sort of saying a little bit about yourself and what you do within within the trust yeah sure so uh, my name's rob angus um I've been a, a supporter of Swindon Town for, well, I've come up about 40 years now, really. Um, I work for Nationwide Build Society um, in sort of the sort of finance type type space and varying roles. I've worked there for over 25 years um, and um, I am the vice chair of the Supporters Trust. And and what does, you know, what do you do as a part of that role? Well, um, all sorts really. Um, been heavily involved in the county ground uh, discussions, working with uh, Steve Martin, the chair of the trust, and and the rest of the board. But led on uh, discussions with the uh, the borough council. Obviously, working with the the football club uh, and discussions, you know, uh, with Lee Power, Tim Wolfuni, and uh, Steve Anderson, and Mark Isaacs. Albeit Mark's gone now. Um, working with the other board members so that we we drive 
for you know engagement and transparency from the football club. Um, but a lot of the focus for the trust over the over the last um, couple of well three or four years really has been really trying to drive the the county ground um, project over the line. And we're very very close to getting there, as I'm sure you and many fans know. Until um, COVID hit, um, and that obviously has put things on hold. Uh, and since then, we've been really trying to get to the grips and understand elements of the court case, how we can support the club in these difficult times due to COVID, um, and trying to work through and keep, um, if you like, lines of communication open to as many parties we can to support um, and have open avenues to help ensure that we've got a sustainable and positive future for, for our football club. The reason for this podcast is we're recording this on the evening of the 11th of February 2021. I'm not sure if you can play in goal, Rob, but we'll, we'll put that to the side, having heard about Mark Travers being recalled by Bournemouth, because what we're going to talk about is a much more serious sort of part of the, the troubles that we're experiencing as fans at the moment. You know, if it's not on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. And what the Trust did is you released a open letter to Swindon Town fans. Now, before we go into the contents of that letter, if you if you don't mind just explaining the journey of why you guys felt compelled to to release that. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, we, we've been trying to communicate to the club relatively regularly uh, about uh, offering help and support um, as to, for the club to, to survive through COVID. Um, we've obviously kept a close eye, as I said before, on... Uh, the legal proceedings, especially can for, from afar, and try to keep avenues open to other shareholders, such as um, Clem Morfuni as well. When we saw um, the statement um, from Lee Power, which was, you know, pretty much, you know, an unchallenged statement, really, um, and we thought it was time for us to really come out and say, you know, when when Lee makes a statement that says the club is in really severe financial um, situation and may not survive beyond the end of February. Um, and some statements, you know, that that, that we know are, aren't true in terms of, you know, I'm I'm the only um, owner in the club, and we know obviously that that Clemmelfuni has a 15% shareholding, and there's the standing case as well. We thought it was time for us to come out really and say, look, um, I'm not sure a lot of those statements are, are factually great. Very hard to work that out when there isn't the openness and, and transparency, and um, and it's time for us to call for openness, transparency, and engagement because when you make a statement like that, which really puts worry among the fan base and anxiety over the future of our club, we have to follow up with engagement, transparency and openness. Um, so that was drove it really. We, we, you know, we've been working behind the scenes and, and trying to engage with the club but not getting much back. And it was really that statement from Lee and, and, and the worry that, that it, it put amongst us and the broader fan base that meant that we, we thought it was time to really call uh, for um, you know, a response, not just from Lee, but from... You know, Clem Wolfuni, if he's able to, Michael Standing, if he's able to, and anyone else, these able Americans as well, if they plan to take over and take on our club, we want to hear from them. We want to uh, have engagement because that's how football clubs should be run. Regarding all the people that you just mentioned there who have got interests in Swindon Town behind the scenes, how easy is it to engage with conversation with each individual member of that list? It's Pretty easy to engage with Ken Mulfooney, if I'm honest. He's probably the most engaging and open, and it has been since we were introduced to him, uh, obviously via Lee Power, because he, he, he got in through Lee and, and they started a business relationship. 
Um, we've had no engagement uh, with Michael Standing. I suspect that's partly due to the court case. Um, no engagement um, um, with the, the ABLE business and fleeting engagement with Lee Power. So engagement with Lee Power had been pretty positive leading up to um, the county ground deal. Um, and I spoke to Lee beyond that, offering support as we went into the crisis. But since the court case, uh, there's been very little engagement. Um, relatively, you know, number of emails to Steve Anderson uh, on a few a few sort of administrative matters to do with the joint venture company that that, that is set up, albeit that it's dormant. And then each time offering support to uh, to Steve in terms of the stuff that the trust could do and fund and what the, the fans could fundraise and support. But um, you know, thank you for for those engagement, but nothing coming back. Um, so it's not it's not it's not easy to have that in, in, engagement um, uh, with the football club under the current ownership. Um, it is pretty easy, even though he's on the other side of the world, to have an engagement with um, with Clem Mulfooney. And, and why doesn't Clem Mulfooney sort of communicate and engage with the wider community? One day, I hope to an- ask that question to himself. Um, and obviously, you don't talk on behalf of Clem Mulfooney. But a lot of people, when you when you read social media, a lot of people don't understand how you've got this person who has a stake in Swindon Town, who doesn't do any communication apart from allegedly sort of pockets of fans here and there. Is it is it purely legal, or is it just not the right time for Clem Mulfooney to come out? I think it's it, it's a little bit of both, um, Rich. There, there obviously, we know there were legal proceedings in respect of his fifteen percent shareholding. That is now resolved. Um, I, I believe that there are still some legal issues uh, going on. So I think it's a bit of that and a bit of it now not being the right time. Look, you and I both know, and I know you covered it on the pod that. Clem can sometimes reach out and, and be too open to supporters. And obviously, he got a little bit burnt with being recorded um, uh, that we know about. Um, and, and look, similar to, to, to you, we've offered to him and say, look, when you're ready, come on a Trust Matters and we'd support you coming on, 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 on this wonderful podcast as well um, to come and talk to the broader fan base. And I, I, and I know at the right time, um, he, he would be keen to do that. But I think for legal reasons and timing reasons, it's not quite there at, at the moment. Yeah. Okay, well, as you've already mentioned, Talk of the Town with Lee Power, interviewed by Sean Hodgetts on BBC Radio Wiltshire, um, it, it, it conjured up a lot of emotions to Swindon fans. I've already said it on a previous episode that I personally got direct messages from Swindon fans not going along the lines of, we need to get power out, their, their rhetoric was very much of we need to help support whoever to put money in and try and keep this club operating after February. Whereas other fans took a lot of what Lee Power said with the most gigantic pinch of salt, though taking seriously the fact that it's, it's absolutely, you know, almost certain that, you know, we're struggling financially, like every team in the lower leagues are doing right now. But to say that, you know, I think you said it in the um, in the open letter that the terms on the brink, you know, um, that that conjures up really panicky statements. And we are seeing teams disappear due to non-COVID related reasons. You know, Berry and Macclesfield arguably, well, they did disappear because of poor ownership. And a lot of people interpret the ownership of Swindon Town to be poor. So that conjures up fears that Swindon are the next... Berry and the next Macclesfield. 
from from your knowledge or from what you guys know within the trust is it that bad it's really hard to say rich because you don't have the openness and financial transparency you know the um, the club don't publish full accounts they publish the abbreviated accounts which are really hard to interpret and don't give a lot of information um now i listen you know uh, twice a week to the price of football podcast to, to keep myself up to date about um kieran mcguire's um book on on football finances and you know being accountant as well i try and work things out as best I can but it is very much um estimates um off the back of information you can get from various sources and from other clubs um who publish full accounts such as uh, Plymouth Argyle who did that um this week um I think it is bad that the I, I estimate that the hole in and the financial revenues of the, the loss of uh, match day revenues because the season ticket revenues have come in the TV money from um, DFL uh, and the, you know Premier League dealers come in but I think there's about a two and a half million pound hole uh, in the Swindon Towns uh, finances through the um, lack of match day revenue now you could argue that that's been bridged in you know, in a, in a number of ways, there'll be some cost savings through the ability to furlough staff, playing staff, obviously, until the end of July. We, we probably took that on a bit longer than others. Obviously, they've been back, though, since then. But we know a lot of non-playing staff have been furloughed, albeit those costs will be will be will be lower. You have other elements, though, that have that have subsequently come in, um, such as the EFL bailout. So League One clubs got a fixed payment of £375,000. It's been well trailed. They've also had a second tranche of the bailout money which relates to loss attendances now it's hard to get a clear number um but it was it was uh, i think roundly publicized that portsmouth got around about 1.2 million pounds and if you i'm sure um that steve anderson lee power are good at um putting in the right claims to the efl for compensation so if you said our average gate was about half that of portsmouth's um you you might think that we got a 600,000 there so there's nearly a million pounds we think that would have come in from the efl and there's a further £20 million of money to be distributed to League One and Two clubs uh, from the EFL on the basis of hardship grants. Those come with transfer restrictions and wage restrictions, but that is money that is available. And we understand that Swindon haven't applied for any of that money to date. So there's about £1 million that has come in to bridge that £2.5 million gap. And then obviously there are the transfers that we are aware of or sell-on fees. So we know that there was a sum of money received from uh, Jaden Bogle's sell-on fee when he went from Derby County to Sheffield United. Uh, some people estimate that, that to be around a million pounds. Again, we don't know because, you know, that probably will never be transparent unless we get full accounts where you might be able to work it out. Wellens compensation fee, probably a smaller amount. Uh, and there's obviously the sale of um, of, of, of DJ. So, Darlene Joe Asimi, that, that recently sort of happened. So, if, if you added that all together... I don't think you're quite going to cover the the gap driven by the match day revenues, but it but it will cover some of it. Um, maybe one and a half, you're probably at the top two million. And there is further EFL monies available for clubs in financial hardship. So I mean, I don't know. Sorry if that's gone into a bit too much detail, Rich. But that's that's my very broad assessment. But look, it's really hard when you don't have full accounts, you don't have updates on the financial um, goings on at the football club. But I've pieced that together from learning things from the Price of Football podcast, picking up things from other clubs who do publish really good, clear financial information like Plymouth, like Accrington Stanley, and their chairman, Andy Holt, who tweets 
really openly about the position and what money's coming from the EFL and how they're doing. Um, so you sort of try and piece together a, an, an educated guess of how the situation might be. Yeah, and it's appreciated because you show you're working. So if people show they're working, people do listen. And, you know, I would love to have Lee Powell or Steve Anderson on this podcast to give us their side of the stories. But if they're not going to provide that, then this is why many fans are in this sort of situation where they've had enough because they just don't know what is going on. Just out of interest, have you had... Have you come close to pulling the trigger previously in relation to this sort of rhetoric in an open letter? Or is this the really the first time during this tenure that you felt obliged to to put this message out there? Well, I've been involved in the trust since about 2014 when James Phipps at the time got me involved and I came aboard. Steve was already uh, chairman. It was around about 2014, 2015 season. Um, and this is the first time that I can remember us getting to getting to this point. Um, you know, and, and, and look, uh, the other thing I think that really has stirred things up a bit, Rich, is, is the court case proceedings. So, you know, the, the court case documents um, that were published in the summer um, that talk about Standing's claim and obviously Lee Power's counterclaim and defence back, you know, re- really um, did disclose, you know, you know, and again, you don't know which side is right and the court hasn't judged, etc. But either way, you know, Michael Standing owns half of the club. Uh, alternatively, Lee Power owes uh, a significant loan to Gareth Barry. Um, and just some of the claims there around, you know, the Matt Ritchie sell-on, which obviously as fans we weren't aware of, and um, paying Andrew Black and not, etc., really, really added uh, further, further worry and concern about who do you trust here? Without openness of financial data being published, like full financial accounts, as I say again, like the likes of Plymouth and Accrington do, it's really hard to, to work out who to believe. Mm. And whilst, you know, as I said, it's good that Lee came on to talk of the town last week, but he doesn't get challenged. It, it's like, you know, a, a Lee Power propaganda sort of station. There's no challenge. There's no journalism to say, well, you say there's one owner, but what about Clem Wolfoonie then? Um, you know, and and that is, you know, I think the frustration that we, that we have. I'd love to get on a a pod with you and have a convers- open conversation with 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 Lee and Steve. And of course, they've got more more information to hand, and they can, you know, um, put the correct position out there, and we can ask questions, etc. But I, I I doubt that would happen. <laughs> I would mediate the hell out of that conversation. I tell you that for, <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> Little room here, though, for Twine, who took it on. Oh! It's genius. The extraordinary is becoming the ordinary for Scott Twine, a rising star in the lower leagues, and his star is shining brightly tonight. Well, it does not get better than that, striking a ball. Look, as soon as he gets the ball, one thing in his mind, and I'll tell you what, he didn't let the disappointment of an earlier opportunity get to him, took on the challenge, and that is unbelievably good. You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Come on, Swindon! <laughs> okay, so, I mean, there's it, something that someone raised to me about this. It's, it's, it interests me. Um, and that's, that's, that's form. Because if I look back at following Swindon, you know, we, usually when the going's good, you know, so is the off the field and nobody cares. But the more we know stuff, because of social media, just the technology boom, we know too much as fans probably now. I 
God only knows what we would have learned back in the 80s and 90s um, had had we had the technology. But I think back to the Decanio era where things, although not similar to what's happening right now at Swindon, things were happening which weren't great, but we were doing very well. So the fans are appeased by the fact that we're having great times watching football, which is why we follow the game. Right now... We're in crisis, and I am going to say crisis, and we're also in crisis on the pitch. Does that make it easier to release these sort of statements? And indeed, indeed, do you do you want to sort of separate the form from the issues going on within the club? It's a really good question, which I think it makes it easier to get the statements out, get them visibility and get the fan base worried about it. Um but I do think it's important you do separate the two things out because we can have a fantastic owner who's really transparent and engaging, who, who's really clear with the, the fans about what we're doing and performance in the pitch could still be bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you think about, um, you know, the earlier part of the Andrew Black years um, when, you know, Fitton was chairman and, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy Ray and, um, and Nick, I can't remember his surname now. Okay, so yeah. Uh, Nick Watkins was involved. There, there was some good engagement going go, going on. They did publish full accounts, etc. But at times, still performance on the pitch was poor. We can remember the Morris Malpas era. We got obviously relegated. Uh, again, we say it with with poor heart. Obviously, the Seco's now John Sheridan there. Um, so not everything was rosy on that side. And ultimately, you know, um, Andrew Back lost patience with the the money he was losing to the club, as, as we understand it. So. So it is important, I think, to separate them, but it, it definitely makes it easier to get more traction on the statements that you make in when there is poor performance on the pitch. But I'd much be much much rather be in a situation where we're making these statements and calling for engagement and the forms are positive. Because first and foremost, I'm a fan and I want to see Swindon thrive and do well, you know. And I'm lucky enough to be in the era where you know I saw them, you know, rise in the late '80s and through the early '90s and saw them in the Premier League and it feels a distant memory now and I'm hoping at some point my son can um, enjoy those those sort of times again. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about the the open letter because the open letter, sadly, conjures up all those memories of growing up. I mean, I was in late secondary school years, year 10, 11, when I remember rushing home to to make sure Swindon was still alive you know, as a football club, you know, those dark days of administration um, and they really were bleak times. And we, we sort of go through this timeline of the stuff that we've had to deal with. And then we get to present day and really, and this was my my thought process when I listened to the talk of the town was I instantly looked at the date and thought, well, we're about two weeks away from the early bird announcement for season tickets. Um, and that's that season tickets is a big part of this open letter, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Look, I mean, and it was it was us sort of calling out. We've been saying it, as you feel like, behind the scenes for a while. But we thought, given Lee's statement, it was right to get it out in terms of we haven't had the engagement on season tickets in terms of, you know, what options there are for fans uh, for this year. And we know, obviously, that there probably won't be uh, any more games where we can get in. Obviously, there has been. I follow um, and and two games, and I've been lucky enough to go to, to those two games. But but there there are some options that we need to give out to supporters. And if you've got any chance of looking to issue season tickets for next year, which you know would would help with, I'm sure 
cash flow shortages more than anything else, you know, at, at the club, then you need that openness and engagement. So we thought it was time to call out and set out those options. And again, we have seen other clubs do that, um, you know, come out and discuss options. And I think a lot of fans, I know I would, would say, look, I'm not worried about a refund. You, you, you keep the money. Um, you know, I'm very happy to have an engagement and, and think about how we plan for next year when things are so uncertain. But it's about laying those options out because there'll be some fans out there who are really struggling given the financial circumstances and really need the refund and we need to respect that. So that, that if you like, lack of um, engagement on that matter was something that was quite important to us as well as obviously Lee's statement around the um, the financial position of, of the club. Um, so it was the element of, of both sort of coming together really that, that, that said that we really wanted to put the open letter out. Yeah. And and of course, the main message is unity. And personally, I think there's probably never a clearer sign than the majority of the fan base are completely united in, in what we want for the future is there. I mean, are you facing any sort of resistance? No, I don't think. I mean, there's been, you know, you, you often get people defending Lee Power and I could and I can understand that to a degree. People would say, well, the club has stayed in existence since he's come in. Um, you know, um, he, he, you know, he's put his own money. Who else is there? Um, and, and look, you know, it's true. You know, the club has, you know, staved off the threat of administration, if you like, since he, he came in and, and, and took over from Jeb McCrory, obviously took over from um, Andrew Black sort of reign. But we still, we have not, it's not been a massively successful period. We haven't got the engagement, the openness and transparency that I think now you would expect as a football fan and given that what we learned in the court case we don't know it's all his own money you know if you you know and again it's hard to believe about the court case being ruled but obviously we know there's the Claremont Flooney investment and that's all confirmed but is it Power's money is it Standing's money is it Gareth Barry's money so a lot of those statements aren't sort of true and um, and that and that's the difficult piece for me in terms of really getting clarity on that and, and I think one of the biggest frustration points I have, Rich, and sorry if I'm meandering down a different sort of stream and wandering a bit here, but is that we've got, you know, three, three parties, you know, and, and potentially four if you add an able, who all want to own and run Swindon Town Football Club. You've got the current owner, albeit if you listen to Lee, he seems like he, he wants to, to go now. You've got Clemwell Fooney, who's invested 15% and, and uh, you know, wants to come in and then do more, I think, albeit he's fallen out of Lee Power, as we understand. As, as things stand, Michael Stanley is obviously taking the power to court, and then these abled Americans. Now, in a in a perfect world, and I know it's not a perfect world, in utopia, they would all come together, pull their funds together, sort out a deal, and and create the platform of Swindon to go forwards. And that's a frustrating thing. I think in times gone by when we've been on problems, there's been no one, you know, and we've gone into administration, have been put up to sale, you know, and and it's let let the walls come at us. At least now there there actively are three or four parties wanting to take over the club um, and I just hope that we can get to a position where they can cut a deal and we can get a better future yeah so what are you looking for from fans I mean I've got you know the open letters talks about supporters media local politicians and business leaders we need your support too let's work together and make a plan that ensures Swindon Town Football Club has a successful future brilliant so what is the plan so for, for us, the plan is for, well, first and foremost, for the club to come out um, and engage with us, talk about the plan they have for season tickets, talk openly about the finances, where they are, how we're going to survive, what support they may or may want from the fans, what we can do to help. 
openly talk it, I think, about, you know, look, I know they will be under restrictions as to what they can talk about the court case, but understanding the, the impacts of, of that might be helpful and it would be difficult. The position that they're in with Claire Morfuni, we want to listen to hear from Claire Morfuni as well, who's a 15% shareholder and his plans are for us to say when, when he would be able to, to say that. And if we are in the, the, the process of a, an American business trying to buy the club, well, I'd want to hear from them and understand their plans. Um, so it's very much, you know, treat the treat the, the fans and the community of Swindon with respect and recognise that while Swindon Town Football Club is a business, it is also a community asset, um, you know, at, with significant importance for Swindon and surrounding areas. You know, it's got a big old catchment base going out, you know, way west and deep into Wiltshire, up into Gloucestershire, half of Oxfordshire and, and Berkshire as, as well. Treat them with respect and, and, and be open with us, a plan as to how we might trade through these difficult times and beyond. And, you know, then we can sort of engage and, and discuss it and hopefully work together to, to set out the, the right path going forwards. It's interesting that you're talking about the wider the wider fan base because, you know, I'm a West Wiltshire Swindon Town fan, you know, I've got no connection with the town or borough of Swindon whatsoever. And I do I do sometimes get this impression that West Wiltshire is is sort of the disregarded but such a hotbed for, for young football fans, you know. Mm. Um how how do you how do you plan to engage the wider fan base? So, you know, at the moment if you send any if you if you tweet out or if the club tweet out all you get is responses of shares out, things will be power out. Although, you know, we get why people are doing that. We need more engagement than that, don't we? We, we need to, to sort of engage people so they're not just obliged to just knee-jerk respond with, you know, what's happening right there and then. Well, look, it's work in progress, Rich. Obviously, we've got, we've got our social media um, accounts on Twitter and Facebook, etc., um, and we are, uh, you know, some of the trust board members, and look, we all do this on a volunteer basis, side of the desk basis, alongside our day jobs, mm. um, are trying to drive the right messages out there and respond to messages that come in. We have done a number of Trust Matters videos that are available on the Trust um, STFC.tv uh, website, where Steve Martin and I and a, a few other board members, Dan Hunt, um, Stuart Willard, have sort of gone on and, and talked about matters, and we're, we're keen to do a few more of those. I mean, coming on on your podcast when 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 the right time to do it will, will help as well. It's just um, using the 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 advert. The advert have been great and support the message that we've gone out. And we've also looked to to use sort of local media. I was obviously on BBC Points West on Friday, I think, and uh, Dan Hunt was on ITV West Country today, um, trying to make sure we. Swindon's a funny uh, place and surrounding area because obviously, you know, we we go into BBC South. You know, I grew up in Rawton, so in my day. Most of the stuff was on BBC South and Central South, I think, rather than ITV, HTV back in the day and BBC One West. So got to recognise that our fan base is drawn around different areas where TV stations cover, you know, parts of Swindon, but you know, parts of like Southampton and places like that. So it's trying to get it out as, as much as we can, using our board members to do that, using different platforms. But it's work in progress. We we're looking to bring someone just going to join our board to help a bit actually um terry who's joined your podcast has offered to come and help uh, he'll be a great help for us as well and using his media expertise so that we can try and get that message out um but it's it's very much work in progress um 
um, and, and just try, trying to do the, the best we can, really. But but every every message we get in, we will try and respond to. And I know that obviously we've got an email address as well for the trust as well. I know that that Steve Martin, bless him, spends quite a lot of time his weekend personally replying to a number of messages he gets. Sometimes he doesn't do it, do it straight away because it just sort of piles up, but he does get to it in the end, bless him. <laughs> well, the club did their own open letter very shortly after you guys published yours, which shows that obviously it was it was heard, the message, and it was very much focused on the season ticket element. Um, they've postponed any releasing of, of any offers because they simply don't know what's happening um, in the long term, let alone the short term, sadly, given, given the, uh, the lockdown. What, what was your guys' sort of reaction to, to that message from the club? Well, it's, it's a positive one, you know, and, and following that, I've had an email today from Steve Anderson, um, you know, saying that he'll be in touch to, to set up the meeting to, to discuss the piece around season tickets. So, look, very pleased that, they, uh, that they've come out uh, and said they want to engage with ourselves and the official supporters club on the plan for season tickets. So I think that's a positive step. Mm. It is, you know, a baby step, I think, in terms of how we want to move the club forward in terms of the more openness transparent you know financial information you know how we can work together on a more more open basis um but it is a positive step um let's see i think a bit more when when ourselves and the official supporters club have met with the club how that sort of meeting goes and hopefully we can at least start to have an open and engaging dialogue with the club and the supporters around around season tickets as a as a first step but there are many more steps to go Uh, i keep saying it but if you if you haven't a chance to listen to Simon Hallett, who's the chairman of Plymouth, who's been on Price of Football, and I think there's a podcast called CFB as well. He's done a recording. Sorry, Rich, I do listen to other podcasts as well as yours. But yours is my favourite. Thank you. Um, the um, you know the way that he openly engages supporters, the way that they've uh, recently published full financial accounts with a statement from the chairman and their CEO, really shows where we want the club to be heading, and we, and we have been miles off that. Uh, and we hope that the statement that the club have put out and the and the email I received today from from Steve is is a uh, first wave um, to doing that. Mm. Um, and also, we you know as I said before, we, we've said on here, you know, when he's ready, we're keen to hear from Clem Mulfooney. And if there is the able American investors, if they are in plans and you know stuff like that, we want to hear from them as well. Um, and if Michael Standing can hear from, hear from him as well, so. Um, you know, this is this is about everyone getting you know involved or wants to be running the club to get the chance to come out and talk and engage with supporters and, and the fans, so that you know we can we can support um, and work with all parties to sort of get a future bright future for the club. And as you quite rightly point out, it's great that Steve Anderson released something brilliant. Baby steps, completely agree. Do you guys at the trust, and I don't need to know it yet because it's it doesn't need to be in the public domain yet, but do you guys have a timeline of how long is enough time before we start pushing the club for these meetings? How long before you have to make the next open letter or the next public or press release to try and move things along or to force their hand? Do you have, for want of a better phrase, a battle plan to, to force the next step? Um, we've not we've not had a chance yet as a board to discuss the response from the club today, other than you know on our WhatsApp group chat where it was received positively. Look, so I think we'd want we'd want expect to see some engagement from the club in the next couple of weeks. I think, given the statements made by 
the chairman and the worry that the difficulty of funding beyond the end of February. Um, so I think we would look for something in the next couple of weeks. And if we don't have that, I think we will be calling that meeting to be moved up and calling to understand how the, you know, how the club is um, going to survive, you know, given the statement made by Lee Power that, you know, got enough money to the DJ sales, got enough money to take us through to the end of February, but not beyond. Um, so we do need to give a little bit of time, but not too much, given the, um, you know, the concerns that that, that statement drove. And, and look, I'm, I'm not criticising Lee for being, uh, coming on and talk to the town and, and being open and engaging. That, that, that's good, but it's a start. But when you make a statement like that, you've got to back it up. Yeah, yeah, agreed. OK, um, I really hope I've asked the right questions during this because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, business of football isn't my expertise. So if I've missed anything out and listeners tell me then we can do another recording there's one last question that that i received in relation to this um and it says that i've been contributing financially to the trust for a while now they don't want a medal although they thank you for one um but they wondered what the current financial situation was with the trust and their short medium and long-term goals appreciate covid has probably put a lot of plans on hold but an update of what's on the agenda would be useful yeah, no, absolutely. And we really appreciate all those that have put into the Red Army Fund, as I do as well. We really do appreciate it. It's, it's gone a long way. Um, happy to say that we've got, I think we've got around about um, £60,000 in, in, in the Trust Bank account at, at the moment. Uh, albeit, you know, we have we have offered to fund various things at the club, but but not got replies on that um, to date in terms of sponsorship, etc. We've got an AGM coming up in March. Um, it will be, I think, about the third Thursday in March. We just need to, to confirm that and get the virtual details out. Um, you know, very, it will be open attendance for trust members and, you know, and anyone can uh, join the trust very easily, actually. So keen to get lots of good attendance there and good questions coming in. Um, obviously, the, we spent a lot of money on, on getting the county ground deal to almost the point of uh, transaction and, and building the legals in a very owner agnostic way so that it was going to last beyond Lee Power, beyond whoever the owner is going to be and beyond, you know, uh, our own tenure. It's a, a, an agreement that should last for hundreds of years, is our view. So we spent a fair amount of money on that. The money that, that we've got left in the Red Army for now, I think we, we need to understand how this position, position goes. There could obviously as and when the county grand deal could come back on the table, there will be a few further legal costs to to execute that and probably um, surveys, et cetera, to work out how we need to sort of uh, improve the county ground, et cetera. Um, extend, accepting that may not come through, then very much we are geared up to saying, do we need to do some fundraising uh, to support the club through this difficult period um, as we as we continue going forward with without match day revenues? Um, so we sort of earmark the funds to do that. We're in conversation with various crowdfunding platforms, um, you know, to work out. And they're ready to support us quite quickly when we need to so we can get something going. Um, and that's something we've said to the club. But again, to date, we've not had a, a positive response on that. And in, and I guess until you're sort of clear what you're going to use the funds for, it's difficult to start a fundraiser. Um, but that's just a, a bit of the background of some of the things we've discussed and, and plans. We will give a, a firmer update and a firmer view on plans at our AGM in, uh, in, in the third week of March. Fantastic. And before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, no look, uh, look Rich, um, 
loved the the pod. You know, um, I think you've done a great job. As I said, you've helped me get through lockdown. I listened to it as I walked my uh, my black Labrador shadow <laughs> early in the morning and and late at night uh, in between teams meetings all day. So it's been been great. Um, but we we just want a positive future for the football club. And the one thing I would say to the, the supporters and the fans, I can't remember a time in the forty odd years that I've been supporting Swindon Town when we've got three or four people arguing over being the owner of the club. I'm hoping that that can translate into positive ways. You know, we want to hear from, you know, want to hear more from Lee Power and Steve Anderson. We want to hear from Clem Thuney. If we could hear from Michael Standing, great. Understand if we can't. And again, if those American investors really are involved or want to get involved, we want to hear from them. Because uh, the only way you can take, I think, a football, this football club forward positively is real open engagement, honesty, you know, with, with, with the fan base. And, and, the, and there's... You know, we just talked about the the catchment area for the football club, which is huge. There's great potential in this club, as we, I've been lucky enough to see. You know, during my lifetime supporting the club, I just, I just really want to make sure that we can we can create those types of days again for you know for my my, my children to enjoy and the rest of the fan base to enjoy. Amen to that, Rob. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. The Low Strangers is a Swindon Town podcast proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was designed expertly by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon! <laughs> Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.